0: and welcome to the 1L2N Podcast. I am Amy, and I am currently snuggled up with multiple blankets, and we are joined by some very cozy people today. Missy?
1: mm, so warm.
0: Mike? I'm wearing two pairs of underpants. Tommy? I'm very cozy right now. And our coziest of guests, Liam! Yo! And we are a family of creatives going through the story writing process and we're bringing you along for the ride. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Very excited. Oh, there's a cat. Oh, my gosh. She's going to bite your face off.
2: Ow, oh. she's telling me. Ow. <laughs> she did.
0: <laughs> Guys, I'm a miracle worker. I predicted that.
2: Oh, she hurt so bad.
0: Welcome, welcome. We're excited to have everybody back. Uh, how is everyone's week going?
1: Productive.
2: It could be more productive for me. Considering the number of things, more I have more productive. Yeah,
1: how school? You mean by more?
0: Twelve jobs, fifteen degrees, uh, wife, uh, five cats, and twenty-one dogs.
2: I got two part-time jobs, and (laughs) I have full-time school with eighteen credits. So let's not make it.
1: That's more than full-time.
2: They are also senior-level classes for the most part. So. You I just still have, have five have cats and 21 dogs. 18 credits of
1: 400 level classes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a semester you must be having.
2: Well, next semester, which hopefully should be my final. I mean, it's going to be my final, whether I get a degree or not, because I'm just, I need a break. I'm going to have 19 credits, and Holy four God. of them are only going to be an intro biology class, which apparently slipped by somehow, but the mm. rest will be upper level, so it doesn't matter. It's all good. But I won't be able to do one of my part-time jobs, so technically I might have an easier schedule because of that, but we'll find out. Oh. Okay. Yeah. But I need to be more productive. That is my problem. <laughs> Although, I just gained one full hour today, so thank you, Daylight. What? Time. Nice, so, yeah. nice, nice. Were you
1: productive? Did no. you take advantage of that, or did no. you sleep? like my No, not at all. Okay. No. I woke up feeling great. I was like, why is it so early? And... <laughs> it took me like four hours before I remembered. Oh yeah.
2: Why does this stove look weird? That Dad was exactly was like, what it
1: was. It's like, wait, the stove says it's one time, but my clock says it's another. No one understands.
3: Yeah. Dad was like, How do you enjoy your extra hour? I'm like, or is this a is this a joke? What do you mean <laughs> an extra hour? I was so confused. <laughs> totally forgot that Daylight
0: like Sammons will thing. Of Stupid.
1: Anyone I thought they were forget. getting rid of it. Yeah. I don't nah, it's just been debated back and forth for years.
0: Oh, wow,
2: okay. Well, never mind. Uh, there is a... I, it's kind of confusing because out here, there's a whole bunch of different like places that use different times. Mm. So, uh, a lot of northern Idaho uses uh, daylight savings time. Where, or no, I'm sorry. They're Pacific Coast time where a lot of southern Idaho is central or no mountains. I don't know. I don't know what the, the middle one is.
1: Pacific, mountain, central, mountains. so it's Eastern. mountains, yeah.
2: So... Pacific and mountains, so those time zones are kind of confusing because you're driving north to south changing time zones as opposed Mm. to east to west. And then there is like one county in Arizona that doesn't follow daylight savings time and just like, no, we're not gonna do it. And they are kind of on the border of mountain time and Pacific time. So you could have like this absolute crazy amount of difference in time in just by going from like one county to the other. We just need to abolish it. Farmers don't need that light. I do.
1: We should just turn it well, on and then walk away.
3: I don't. Yeah. Uh, farmers still have that light. It's just the number changes on their clock. So it sounds like a personal problem, really. Yeah.
2: That is very true.
1: Society managed to farm successfully for like thousands of years before the advent of like clocks. So
0: yeah, <laughs> here we are. Just go, just go old school farming. That's all we're trying to tell you.
2: How was your week?
3: Uh it's pretty good. Uh productive in work. I had a lot more hours, which is nice.
0: I also have been making more music.
3: Oh so yeah. I've been in yeah, I've uh, gotten back into music after being on vacation with my friend and I really haven't touched video games, which is great. Like I I go like anytime I go to play it this week I'm just like I didn't really like that. Let's do some music instead. And it's been really fun. So yeah, that week's been good.
0: Music and watching Critical Role. Okay. Which is yeah. It, it's fine because that's all I've been doing. I've all, all I've been doing this week is just watching the heck out of some critical role. So, yeah. It's been great. I'm currently on campaign one, two, and three. So,
3: <laughs> uh, kill me. That's like watching th- th- three shows that you should have watched in chronological, chronological order all at once. And it yeah, it's an fine. absolute mess for Amy.
0: But it's a beautiful mess that I'm loving. It's fantastic. Anyways, not sponsored, but definitely go watch Critical Role.
2: I agree with that statement. That's that's all that happened this week, Tommy. That's it. Nothing else exciting.
3: <laughs> oh, actually, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I totally forgot about my own birthday. I was like, "What do you
2: mean? Nothing I else I like I turned
3: twenty-one, uh, so I've been experimenting with the alcohol, with drugs. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh drugs. yeah, alcohol. Um,
2: oh, that's I why you was- want to do music all of a sudden.
3: um i with i waited until friday night to share my first glass of official wine with mom and it was nice Uh, my friend keely actually bought me some wine for my birthday it was a pinot grigio and uh it's pretty good, pretty good starter wine. And mom sat me down. She gave me some history of wine and, and like the names of wine and how wine's made. And I was like, this is adorable. And I very much so enjoy it. And I tinked my glass with mom. Aww. And uh, that was great. And then dad was like, you want to try Jameson? <laughs> 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 so uh, I tried some and that was pretty good. And then uh, I had um, Mike's Hard Lemonade, the uh, black cherry. Mike?
0: I didn't know you made lemonade. Yeah. yeah apparently he does. And it's really good. Mm-hmm. What's
3: what
2: what your secret? To you? Well, you first you give the lemonade a boner.
3: <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> no, I don't like... Okay. It's all making sense. So many beer names are so... So, so yeah. their name just like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, no.
1: Wait till you oh. fall down the craft beer hole with their names. <laughs> oh, man.
2: I was walking in the dairy section and I saw one the other day. And I can't remember what it was. Good story me. <laughs> 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 the dairy section is right across from the, the beer section. And so of course I like look at the beers and there was one that had a crazy name. Anyway. That's just still
0: so weird I, to me. <laughs> the idea why why of I'm being able to buy
2: alcohol with
0: groceries. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. 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 For those of us who don't know, we live in a state that uh Missy and Lee and I Although, you can't buy alcohol, so it's a moot point. Where you can't purchase any alcohol in stores like, you know, any grocery stores or Target or Walmart or any of those. So, we have to go to these crazy things called liquor stores.
1: And they're not state-run. I know a lot of no, you out not there state-run. can get your yeah. beer and your wine at a grocery store, but you have to go to a state store to get your your liquor. Yeah, so like there's North no Carolina. state-run. It's all completely private, independent companies. You just can't. And we got a lot of them. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's a
2: lot of them. So you just can't
1: blend them with the groceries. So,
2: well, Washington state, being Washington, they allow the sale of beer, wine, and liquor in pretty much anywhere 24 hours a day. So, what? Yeah, I know. I was like, that's crazy. And then I was like, oh, yeah. Washington is also one of the first states to like legalize recreational. So it kind of makes sense.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. Interesting.
0: They'd just be partying over there, having a grand old time. I mean, it's really cold in Washington. What else they got to do? You know? Trude got to warm up. I don't know. <laughs> Our cousin uh, who lives in Washington, she was telling me how it's like, she's like, it's soup season for like the next six months. Oh. Everybody <laughs> just eats soup all yeah. the time.
2: <laughs> so I, I went up to Spokane to see Aaron this weekend, and we went to this noodle place called Nudo which was downtown and it just it's basically a ramen place and i wanted to go there so bad because it was soup i just wanted the broth i just wanted <laughs> to drink a giant amount of broth and that's exactly <laughs> that's so. what you did shout out to yeah, non-sponsor nudo so good in downtown spokane
0: spokane spokane okay
4: mm-hmm.
0: well, awesome i'm glad everyone's uh week is going liam how's your week you say.
4: It's been alright. Nothing interesting. Just school.
0: Yeah. And uh, what? Uh, what did you see this weekend?
4: I saw a movie.
0: <gasps> oh yeah, a movie. What kind of movie? Oh,
4: I Think oh, it's, boy, it's sci-fi. Gonna go down a really long line. Sci-fi. No. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I don't know for sure. Oh. Okay. Actually, well, hold on. Let me look this up real quick.
1: Yes, sci-fi. It's pr- pretty. I mean, is uh, this term w- is a little sci-fi? space opera. Oh, it's a space mm-hmm. opera.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. yeah.
0: It's well, um there. any anything any other descriptors about this movie to help you know give us a clue
4: it was um just kind of long which i like i like longer movies i like that movies are getting long again it Make makes movies long again yeah it makes it's nice because you know i think making longer movies like it, it's better quality like a take time when when telling a story instead of like rushing it into like an hour and 50, give it like a good 2.30, you yeah?
0: know? That's true. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, I like when there's kind of more story. It's not as rushed. They can take their time and really tell the full story and have some beautiful shots in there. Yeah. It makes. Uh, I think it makes the overall story pretty good.
2: I think in general, I think we talked about this the other week, a story only needs to be as long as it needs to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, true.
2: But you shouldn't, you know, you want to have the length that tells the tale that you're going to do Specifically for the format you're going to do, obviously yeah. with a movie like what you're talking about, they needed a lot more time <laughs> to <Yeah. laughs> to have it on screen. But you can't have a five hour movie, you know. You can, but That's it's why you did. break it up into two? parts. I hours. mean,
4: remember the um that one Zack Snyder the movie? is like four hours. But that That's was on was that HBO Max. Uh, yeah, but I would have seen if so it was in was theaters.
3: I don't know if I would have. That's I... like five hours in a. <laughs> Ark room. Oh my
2: goodness. <laughs> so here's Not, one thing that uh, always really impresses me. Would hurt. The, the, the fact that you would have a movie like that, I can almost guarantee you would need probably two potty breaks for everybody. You know, about an hour and 45 minutes in, and then another hour after that, you just give bathroom breaks, let everybody go pee, do your little intermissions. It always impresses me when I'm watching speed running streamers that play games for like eight hours straight. And they do not go to the bathroom. I don't understand how they do it. Because I have they to be won't. every twenty-five minutes. I, I,
4: think they drink water. Water. I think is the official. I guess. I don't think they drink water. Yeah. No, That's why there's yeah. all I don't the hydrating. They um, they're uh, <laughs> yeah, I they're say, just sweating
0: yeah. so much playing that game that it doesn't matter, they don't need to go to the bathroom.
4: Yeah.
1: So what I'm hearing is they need some kind of instrument or, or suit maybe to reclaim their sweat so that they <sighs> don't lose the moisture.
0: Hmm. You know that reminds me of a great movie that Liam and I both saw this weekend, including Missy as well. Was it The Matrix? <laughs> it yeah. was oh, actually The Matrix. Yeah, that's the that's the. Yeah, it came out yet. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Does it
4: uh-huh. still mm-hmm. have Keanu Reeves in it?
0: It. You know what? I probably did. So, what did uh, you is, think? It, is is it
4: worth ones.
2: watching? Of the great sci-fi opera starring Dwayne
4: Johnson, Doom.
3: Oh
2: <laughs> no,
4: <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne. And co-starring John Cena.
0: That's
4: a different thing. Anyways. <laughs> all right,
0: It was Dune. Say, we saw Dune. We saw Dune. We all see Dune. We all seen
3: Dune. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've yeah, all every- seen
0: Dune. That's pretty much what this podcast is going to be about. We're going to talk about how we all saw Dune and our thoughts.
1: I saw it Thank on you. HBO. You're <laughs> a loser. I also saw no, it shut- on HBO. I was able to pause it and go to the bathroom whenever I felt like it.
4: I think it's at least that
0: forty-five times
4: watching it. Not in theaters, you miss one of the best experiences you could have had.
0: I
3: totally agree with that.
4: I think, I think it, is, it works and helps so much seeing in theaters. And from I've heard from a lot of people that like the difference on watching HBO versus theaters, especially IMAX, as is very, very, very different and really hurts the experience of watching the movie.
1: Because of the sound,
4: or are you missing visual detail? Yeah, sound and visual,
0: yeah, both. Um, For me, I haven't seen it on HBO, but I would say the sound alone really draws you in, and it was a very wonderful experience seeing it in the theater because of just the sound alone. Personally, the visuals, I think, were really intriguing. They looked pretty cool on the big screen, but I don't think it's necessary to see the the visuals on a big screen. But I think going for the sound quality. So if you've got a great sound system, like see it on your TV or whatever, that's fine. But for the sound alone and how immersive it was for the story, I would see it in theaters
1: personally. There was one moment when I watched on HBO that I thought, you know, this would have been great to see in theater and it was when they were using a pulse cannon to fight off the incoming ships oh, yeah, that were that coming really cool. towards <laughs> the planet. Oh yeah. Experience. And I just I could feel the pulse cannon as it was firing. I was oh this would be great to experience in film or in theater. But aside from that, I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything watching it from home.
2: So I have some studio monitors and i have a really nice computer monitor as well so for me the sound quality was great the picture was great the internet was you know without fault and i think i would have had a worse time seeing it in the theaters than if i did it at home because the thing that differentiates a theater experience for me is the audience and mm-hmm. it all depends upon if you have a very respectful audience if they're quiet um, or if they're really into it, you can feel the mood, but if they are talking while you're doing it, or if there's lights going on, like from somebody's cell phone, that'll instantaneously ruin a theater experience for me.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: I am glad that I got to get rid of that aspect by having really good sound and picture, you know, at my place. But I, I understand we- that not everybody can do that.
0: Yeah, thank thankfully at least for Liam and I, our movie experience, it was fine. It didn't the people didn't hinder it at all. That's awesome. So yeah, they were pretty respectful. So yeah.
3: I was specifically looking for this in a in, in the movies while we were picking tickets with me and Brendan. But both times we saw it, we had, I think, twelve other people in with the, the theaters with us and it was it could fit like a little over a hundred and fifty. So just having that small group there, none of them talked, no phones were on complete silence mm. afterwards. it was funny because a few of them we all got together and we were all like talking about the movie, but that was after all the credits and everything was done. before that, everyone was super respectful, and I think it made the the movie theater experience oh, that much more enjoyable. yeah, I loved dune
2: before before we get right into the movie, let's just talk about that movie theater experience and specifically. I really like the fact that movies are releasing online. I like yeah, the yeah. fact that I can sit at home and watch and not have to go out. And the movies theater experience has been getting better, especially with like assigned seatings. And the if you have a theater that has the reclining chairs, which are wider, you don't have to sit next to people you don't know. You don't see other people for the most part. I do enjoy those movies experiences. But I am finding it harder and harder to want to go to the theater at all now that I can have those experiences at home. And I'm trying to figure out what the dollar amount is that I would pay to see a movie at home versus the theater. Right now, I think Disney Plus does their early releases for like forty bucks or something. Does
3: anybody know the 25. twenty five, twenty five, for the whole family? So
2: that's not too bad. I thought it was about like forty dollars. So if it's only twenty five, I'd probably say. Uh, a movie like dune that i am on the fence about i would probably spend that much money to see it at home but is there a price limit that you guys would say you know what if i'm going to spend that much money i'm just going to the theater instead
0: um well for liam and i we've been seeing kind of movies going to the movies uh, uh i don't want to say frequently but for a few times recently um and i try to get an earlier showing because then the tickets are only like eight twenty-five a piece. So, I actually don't mind going to the theaters for 8.25 a piece. If they get more than that, I probably wouldn't want to see it particularly, but I you know, I probably just, you know, watch it at home, but I I know that like I like the sound aspect. I don't have, you know, good sound capabilities or good stereo to listen to movies at home, so I actually enjoy the theater experience. I don't know. Maybe $10 is <laughs> is the limit but i i do it mostly because i know that liam especially wants to you know see a movie in theater so i'm like yeah come on let's go and then just get an early bird ticket and yeah it's fine
3: i think i will almost never buy something from disney like the the same day release disney stuff personally because i think the movie theater experience or at least going to where i am it's the grand you have the recliner chairs you have really nice sound really nice pictures it it is an experience. It's something fun to just you know what I'm gonna get out of the house and go see something. And I actually think if it's the right movie, I really enjoy like the audience reactions. I, I like as long as they're they're within the realm of reasonable because sometimes audience reactions are are very like you're you're clapping when you see like a tertiary character come on screen and you're like what what. But for example, like. Seeing Endgame in theaters was awesome because you just have these beats and moments that were specifically, I feel like, crafted for the movie theater experience. And having the entire audience like roar and cheer, that was super, super fun for me. And I think for a movie like Dune, not having the audience react as much because it's a movie that I'd like to pay attention to like closely and watch. Having them silent, but still being at the movie theater is wonderful. And I would pay, I think I paid like 17 bucks for it because I had prepaid tickets, I, the, the, the seating. I picked my seat. It was an IMAX, stuff like that. It was at 10 o'clock at night. So I, I paid that much, but I don't mind paying that much because it is an experience I'm not at home already experiencing. I get to look at my monitor all day. I get to have my setup all day. It's nice to be away from that. And experience something not that's at home so i i love the movie theater experience
1: so for me i would never prepay not prepay do the same day release stuff on disney i'm never going to pay for that because disney is going to eventually just release it into the general disney plus and I can wait indefinitely to see something. I mean, it took me like 10 years to see Titanic and who, could, who cared, you know, <laughs> like, and I really enjoyed the movie, but I can wait. I have no problem waiting. I'm not one of those people that has to see stuff immediately when it comes out, although spoilers are a huge issue for me. So I have to be very careful being around people who want to talk about, but most people know, like, I don't want spoilers, so they won't talk about stuff around me. Um, And I'm careful about the media I consume. The other side of it is right now, because of the pandemic, because I have bad lungs, I don't want the risk of being out in public space where you're trapped in a room with the air circulating and I just can't take that risk. So having things available on like HBO is phenomenal for me, like I don't feel the need to have to go to the movie theater at all. Uh, I don't even miss it right now. That being said, in the future, I probably would consider paying money to see movie at home that I didn't feel I needed the big screen for. So if it's something like you know Star Wars or Epic Marvel, whatever, I'm gonna want to see it on a on a screen like down the road then I'll probably go see it. But stuff that isn't as a big deal to see on screen, I wouldn't really have an issue paying for at home. I, I agree with that. I think
0: it, it all de- also all depends upon the movie. Because yeah. Mike, like you were saying, you were on the fence about dune seeing something at home that you're like "Eh, and kind of on the fence about you can see it at home and then you're like no no no, i need to go see that in theater and have that experience like you have that option but if you're just like yeah i want to see this movie but i don't care about the the movie theater experience like having the option to see it you know at, at home i think is is phenomenal it's it's really good and also like missy like you were saying with the whole pandemic thing you know it doesn't even have to be pandemic related, but if you're sick or you're not feeling well, but you yeah. still want to go see this movie, it's actually really nice to be able to see these movies at home because you still have that option and you feel like you're like not missing out or anything because you get to see them,
1: you know, at home. <laughs> I can imagine people who can't actually go that to a too. theater. Yeah. Maybe you know, maybe they're in being the, hospi- they're in the for hospital for something or, very yeah. serious and they they can't leave wherever they are. That suddenly opens a whole new world of opportunity to people who wouldn't otherwise be able to experience these movies.
3: Oh, yeah. The accessibility of just HBO and Disney within itself is awesome to see. You're bringing movies to a wider audience, even if it's not making those big companies as much as money. At least those people can now see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is a really awesome aspect about that.
1: And then what happens is those people wind up talking about it with their friends. And maybe that pushes other people to go see a movie in the theater who might not have considered seeing that movie before.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I guess I I would just, for me, the theater experience has been so spoiled throughout the years by bad patrons of the theater Mm -hmm. that I would rather pay more to not see a movie in theaters in worse conditions. And that is the craziest. Thing to me is that movie theaters have slipped so far out of my entertainment desires because I can't stand spending a bunch of money and getting popcorn and having that anticipation for a wonderful picture like Dune having those lights and those sounds and then being sucked out of that immersion without me being the one to suck myself out you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
2: yeah. but it was just an interesting thing I wanted to discuss um, I'm sorry I derailed us
0: no. Actually, I'm going to no, derail us again. It. You buy popcorn?
2: Um, no, not really. I don't. Popcorn gets stuck in my teeth. Yes. But you know, <laughs> I just meant popcorn in general, like as a, a concession. No. But the fact that they cost just as much for a single concession as a ticket, the most times, yeah. it's why am I paying six dollars for a twenty-four ounce soda? It does not make sense at all.
1: Well, to me, that that's another thing that makes doing the movies at home so great because mm-hmm. then you have all your stuff at home and it's like oh let me just pull something out of the fridge or you know I can pull out a cheap bag of popcorn pop it on the stove not not that I would but I have that option <laughs> yeah
0: movie theaters are there's a long history of this but the first and foremost movie theaters are a snack business mm-hmm. and I know that that sounds crazy
1: but that's that I mean it's like it, gas it's stations a, it's where they make their money
0: yeah exactly So, I mean, dating way back when, when, you know, pictures and movies were originally first a thing, the only thing that would get people into the theaters was if they were selling snacks like roasted peanuts or popcorn or whatever it may be. And when they realized, oh, we can actually charge a little bit more for this because people are still coming because of the popcorn and the peanuts or the you know the candy eventually later on it became less and less about like hey we want you to see this movie although they still do want you to see the movie but they want you to see the movie because you're going to come and buy a bunch of snacks yeah
2: well they so they definitely did get a cut of it but the big problem is until now movies have had a uh, or movie theaters have had a monopoly on the movie market so to speak because a brand new movie does not get released at home until pretty much the pandemic happened. Yeah. And oh, all true. of a sudden, the dynamic of a movie theater versus home release, if home starts to get a lot more popular, movie theaters are going to like economically have to drop the prices of their concessions to get people back to that, oh, I actually want a, a fresh buttery popcorn snack to go with this movie experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Actually, I can't remember what theater it is, but there is, I, I think it's like AMC or I don't, some, one of the big theater companies are actually going to start having um, a stand in malls that sells popcorn and it's nothing to do with a theater. It's just kind of like going to get a pretzel or, or Cinnabon or whatever. They're going to have a, a popcorn station so you can go and get popcorn and hang out around hmm. the the, uh, the mall.
2: I'd be um, interested in to know how popcorn. much they're going to try and charge for that.
0: Mm. Uh, yeah no, me too because
2: if they try and I charge no full movie theater price I don't know if that's going to help <laughs> too much
0: true that'll be interesting to see but uh, the reason why I ask is because I'm, I'm of the opinion like I actually don't really like snacks in the theater I feel like it takes away from my immersion of the movie I'd rather just like watch the movie but I feel like if I'm like oh I gotta eat I gotta eat especially like getting that greasy buttery yeah. popcorn yeah. hands like I, I'm like oh, ah now it's all over me like nah so I, I personally just don't have any snacks or drinks? Every once in a while, I'll get a drink or something, but it's usually water or slushy.
2: So. Uh, Reese's <laughs> Pieces.
1: Nah. Yeah, I, I do. I the mean, Reese's they're good, good but. Too. Or the little snow caps.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Good. What's the other one? The Junior Mints. That's the
3: other Oh, I forgot about those.
1: <laughs> But I yeah, just want general. to point
2: out Tommy's screen is frozen on a great expression. <laughs> yeah,
0: it is. <laughs> <That's... laughs> Pick gets, somebody's screen cap.
3: It gets frozen so often. I actually need a new cam. I need a... Well, cool. Screen cap. works all right. But...
2: Nice. Um, mm-hmm.
1: oh, I, I'm I, frozen Nice. <laughs> Damn it. All
2: right. Let me, let me start off this conversation now that we've delayed it enough. This should be good.
0: You know, I was actually thinking... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, go ahead, go ahead.
3: Disagreeable I, opinion. Let's move on.
2: Uh, so I always heard throughout my life that dune was one of the best sci-fi epics that has ever been made you know ever been written and frank herbert you know wrote the best thing ever and i tried reading it and within the first 10 pages or so i was so lost and confused because of the incredibly deep world that was created and the lack of handholding that that book had where it just started listing off names and different things, and it didn't explain it to you. It kind of just showed it to you. So I, I did not enjoy the book. Years later, I watched the 1981 movie. Was it 81?
4: I think it's four. 84. Oh God! I think it's five.
2: 80. The 1980s the 80 movie, movie, which um, was not great. <laughs> it was. It was pretty bad. But I can totally understand why it was bad, because they were shoving a massive amount of material into a small amount of time and then dumping a bunch of exposition on top of it. And one of the worst things that the movie did in the 80s, which was what David Lynch, I think, was the director. Am I thinking yes. wrong here? Okay. One of the worst mistakes that either the script or him as a director made was they told you what, like, the characters narrated what they were thinking. In a lot of sections. And it was just really bad because nobody wants to hear that narration for the most part. You kind of want to feel what the characters are thinking through their dialogue and then through their acting and not through their, you know, internal monologue being narrated on top of everything. So those two were kind of turned off for me, but I was still excited because I specifically, and we're going to, we're just going to call the director Dennis, Denny. Denny Uh, is uh,
3: Denny Villeneuve I believe yeah okay Uh, just call him Denny V
2: Denny all right we're gonna call him Denny and I'm you know I'm so sorry I'm terrible with pronouncing names um I think he's a brilliant director almost everything I've seen him do I really really enjoy Blade Runner 2049 is probably my favorite visual movie because he does a really unique thing of using dark as a color like using black as a color in the movie and a lot of directors try and illuminate the sets and try and make things look good. But he brings a lot of darkness. And then the the way he illuminates the, the frame in general just draws your eyes to some really interesting things. So personally, that's what I was really looking forward to, to this movie. And I think he delivered quite well. There was a lot of scenes where there was darkness there is those little floating lights that you know are going throughout the corridors that just give that radiating glow and that to me is a wonderful visual style that just makes me so much more interested and invested um in the movie so overall visually i did really really enjoy the movie
0: so also having read the book i did not finish it because i did not like it not because it was too much i think for me, having read a lot of fantasy and sci-fi, they throw a lot of words at you that you just kind of got to accept and move on. Mm. So I was actually pretty okay with like, I'm like, okay, yeah, that, that that's a thing. All right, moving on. Hopefully they'll explain it. If they don't, that maybe context clues, I don't know. But that's just like a, a skill that I feel like all fantasy sci-fi people just kind of have to learn. And so I didn't like the book personally because it just felt really like, kind of pretentious and really like self-important. And I just really wasn't a fan of his writing style personally. And so I stopped reading the book about halfway through, which was, it was about most of the movie that I I actually had read, like what was kind of going on in the story. So that was kind of at least nice to see. I don't know if I like the movie, but I don't know that I didn't like the movie i'm pretty neutral about the movie visually i don't want to say it was stunning but it was very like tantalizing very intriguing i wanted to see more but i wasn't like this is the most beautiful thing ever personally i don't find like desert scenes or anything super beautiful i think they're kind of barren and gross (laughs) um but i i felt i felt (laughs) indeed it is uh, but I did feel it was very intriguing, uh, like you were saying with the light—that like light orb that follows. I was like, "That's a really cool shot because it kind of, you know, you need that light to light up the room. But instead of it just being okay, we're going to light up the room. It's like we're giving this light a purpose. We're giving this light its own character. So I, I did really like that, and I really like the contrast of the fact that. The Doom world, I don't remember the world at all, but the, the sand world was, it was so dry. It's, you know, it's sand, it's hot, it's...
1: It gets everywhere. There's not
0: a lot of water. Yeah, yeah, it's, it gets everywhere. Oh, Anakin. But I liked the visual contrast of when they're on the initial home world, where you have a lot of water images. They show you a lot of water images. Even when the mother and Paul were were talking in the kind of mist, you could see the little water droplets on their hair. And knowing that they're about to go to this desert planet and that that's going to be absent, it's going to be not there, I thought was just a really unique way of showing like just how abundant the water was on this world compared to the you know desert world um i really really enjoyed those visual kind of cues of like look he's he's you know at a gravesite right next to the ocean he's dipping his hands into the water just like these everyday kind of reminders you know her pouring him a glass of water like it's nothing just these these everyday reminders of hey here's water and then going to the the desert planet and showing you know like you have to earn the water you have to you know Respect every moment and second you have trying to obtain water. I, I really liked that kind of contrast visually. Story wise, I totally understand. They it, it felt a little drug out. I told Liam, I was like, it's kind of like watching a documentary without the narrator. <laughs> the way it was kind of filmed. It's not that I didn't like it. I just I don't know how to feel about it. You know. But in general, if they have more movies, which I know that they're greenlit for a second one, yeah, I'll go see them, absolutely.
2: Well, let me ask you this, Amy, because you are very much a fantasy person. Um, yeah. you're a magic sort of person, and this what this, this is, is not, crazy. I've this never is a, this is a science fiction <laughs> epic, but it also has those semi magical tones to it. So, did that mm-hmm. interest you more? Did you think you were going to go into this and be like, "I don't like sci fi movies," so whatever? Um, or, no,
0: I I love sci fi movies.
2: I know, but I'm saying, did, did that sort of mysticism add anything to your viewing experience?
0: Um, not not particularly. Mm. It was just like, oh, that's a cool element. Honestly, what I really loved about the whole movie that I thought was absolutely fantastic besides the sound, because the sound was actually pretty incredible, was the costumes. Uh, I had such a boner for all of the costume design it was just like incredible and amazing i just thought it was that that intrigued me the most is like i i love to see what everyone was wearing and how they were wearing them and how you know what they were wearing on different planets and like you know the 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 dress garb of of like the army and the the and paul and everything compared to casual everyday wear i thought it was really really fascinating so i actually really enjoyed that more than anything being a fantasy lover like didn't consider this movie anyway, kind of fantasy. I, I, I It was just a sci-fi to me. Just kind of like watching S- Star Wars and how, you know, the force is technically kind of like a fantasy element. But that doesn't really come to mind when watching Star Wars. It's, it's a sci-fi to me. So it mm-hmm. didn't intrigue me any more or less than I think any other sci-fi would.
2: See, I consider Star Wars to be a sci-fantasy. Like, it's not science fiction, it's science fantasy. Because of that fantasy element and dune slightly has the same sort of feel to it obviously george lucas took inspiration from it so yeah i know crazy <laughs> huh? i
0: like the world building as well i thought that was really unique i i'm like all of the, like the different ships and stuff really
1: cool
2: now Tom, me, and i have a slightly different opinion on the music in there
1: uh
4: mm, Hans, not-
2: Hans zimmer did a pretty good job on it but i felt like. And I know the reason why he did it, but having that, I I don't know the exact term, but it'd be more of like a Icelandic female vocal pop in at parts of it. I thought was a little cheesy and I don't know exactly why. Um, Tommy can explain why he put that in there and why his choice was and why he kind of liked it. But for me, the bagpipe part was awesome because you never hear bagpipes yeah, in a science that. fiction fantasy episode. Yeah,
0: It wasn't like Celtic. It was like space sci-fi. And I was like, that's so
2: cool. Exactly. Um, But that use of the lead female vocal at the part just felt very derivative. It felt not necessarily unique. Like a lot of Hans Zimmer stuff can feel. It felt more uh, a little cheesy to me. And I can't, I can't exactly explain why.
0: Um, Before Tommy talks, (laughs) <laughs> Tommy had asked me no you had asked me you were like oh did the female voice sound like cheesy to you and I go what female voice <laughs> he goes, he's like the female voice you know the one and he was like trying to I was like I didn't even phase me so I was like I don't have an opinion about it because I don't even know what you're talking about so he's like really I'm like I guess I just wasn't paying attention to it so meh nah, oh well
3: so the the idea in this, in, in this world is there's you know this ancient female power or whatever uh, so Hans Zimmer and I, the second time watching this, I noticed a few things about specifically the female voice and not only in the music, but in the sound design itself. Hans Zimmer only brings in the female voice when it has to do with the, the Bene Gesserit or um, Paul or Jessica. He pretty much only brings it brings a female voice in when it matters with I don't know what they call it. I think they call it the voice in mm-hmm. the movie yeah uh, yes, when it when it matters with the voice whatsoever, and I didn't find it cheesy, but I will say upon first viewing, I found it very, very startling at first, like it was just out of nowhere, this voice com- and it's not something you'd expect from Hans Zimmer, but then upon second viewing, realizing that it's only at the parts where it has to do with those elements, I kind of really loved it, and it felt i don't know it felt like it really it it made those scenes slightly more epic to me because of how gutsy that female icelandic voice was like it was a really good voice and then furthermore in the sound design what i really liked is there's this specific scene where jessica and paul are both gagged in the little helicopter thing and paul has to use to try to use his voice in the sound design specifically in the theaters anytime the voice was being used you were using like sub frequencies so it was really really bassy but Men were conjuring that voice every time he was trying to do it. And the moment he did it right, you heard female voices conjuring the voice in the, the sub frequencies. Hmm. And I thought it was really cool because then you heard, as soon as Jessica was ungagged, you could hear all the female voices very clear as day in her sound design. And I really loved that. I thought it was great uses of sound design. And it definitely, and this is one thing that the theater versus. HBO Max experience, I felt like seeing in IMAX specifically that voice was unbelievably powerful in IMAX. It was like, it was a force to be reckoned with, just the sound design alone. Not, not the idea of it, but the sound design. But then listening to it in YouTube clips and other clips, it's just, it feels very weak. It feels like something that's just kind of there and not like super powerful. So that's another thing why I thought you should see in theaters.
2: But Did you not you said you didn't notice that until the second viewing or was that something that was really imprinted on you in the first viewing
3: second viewing is really what what I just Mm. like I because I could I I knew the the beats I saw a week after exactly a week after I first saw it so I was like okay I already know the beats of the movie I want to go back in and see if I enjoy this movie. Because the first viewing, I was just like Amy. I don't know if I like this movie or not. I went in not expecting to like the movie either. Seeing the trailer, I was like, why should I care? I don't know. They're making me try to care about something that I don't really care about. And I saw the movie, and again, on the fence. But upon second viewing, I think it was a whole lot better. Like, the, the startling female voice, knowing that it's going to come in, I, I felt very okay with it. And I felt very okay with Hans Zimmer's use of trying to recreate wind but with instruments i know he specifically made scrap or he didn't make it but the people he was collaborating with made scrap metal instruments If i'm reading correctly someone made a 21 foot horned contrabass (sighs) to really emphasize wind in this kind of dystopian feel and I I really enjoy Hans Zimmer not taking a traditional Western approach on orchestral pieces. I really enjoyed him going full out weird with this one. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's me thinking that I like it so much because it's different, but I, that is the case. I love the, I love the movie and I specifically love the soundtrack because it's, it's different. It's not something you see in your everyday soundtracks. Like even in, 2049 where it's definitely a, still an atmospheric uh, soundtrack you're not seeing a lot of those similar elements like Hans Zimmer went full weird with this one and I really appreciated that mm. and then lastly this is a point that Liam actually brought up to me he was talking about I don't think any soundtrack or any specific song was reused in the movie motifs were used in the movie again but no song was re- reused in the movie, and it felt awesome to not, like, call back to those right away. They may call back to them in the next movie. But it felt awesome to, I, I don't know, just have the motifs come back. Yeah, yeah. You're consistently moving forward. You're not, you don't have to call back because the movie isn't done yet, I guess. it's probably why they did it. <laughs> yeah. I really, really enjoyed the
2: soundtrack. Hmm. Liam, what would you think about the movie in general?
4: About the movie or the soundtrack? Well, whatever. Yo, it was a movie. It was crazy. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> There's um, it's it's quite the movie. I think it was very unique, um, in so many different ways, and that's why so many people are are having or struggling, like Tommy was first viewing, and like how Amy is, and me and Mom, in somewhat of a way, are like struggling on figuring out how to like pinpoint how they really think about the movie of how they. Understand it. I think that the reason why that is is because it's such a unique and different movie that they they are making it completely different than what you'd make a traditional movie. So uh, it makes a lot of people, I guess, have a, a harder time understanding how they feel about it. And I think if we were more used to how this movie was made, then we would like it more or make like it less. But it's just it makes it confusing. And one thing I was talking with Tommy was the pacing in the movie you can see in each arc it is completely different pacing and it's in usually in most movies it, each arc the pacing gets faster but with this one it, it's completely rearranged the first act has your traditional pacing it has like more second act pacing is what most movies use and it's probably my favorite act because it was i was most familiar with it you have the traditional pacing just going with the roll. And then the second act, the pacing just went through the ceiling. It was going super fast. You were learning so much. So many things were happening. And then, boom, the portrayal happened and everybody blew up. And then the third act, it got really, really slow. And it was just taking your time walking through a desert. And so, for me, it felt like more of three TV episodes inside of one movie as a whole season or like a mini series. Because it's not like made like a traditional movie, especially with that pacing being such a key factor, where it just seems like each act seems so distinctly, distinctively different from each other. From not just pacing, but there's many different reasons. But it, it felt like there's just different ep- TV episodes inside of one movie, and I really like that. I really like how unique it was, even if it might hinder of how I like it or how I. Am familiar with it. I think just from the differences of not just the soundtrack, but just like the weirdness of it, the lore, the world building, and the way they made the movie, I think it really helps. Of how, of just a different. It's just nice to know that there's something fresh, that people are still trying to do things new instead of having our traditional, like we've had like the superhero era of movies for like a decade and a half now and i'm, I'm getting very done with it but with doom and it's like holy moly this is something new and i definitely want to see many many sequels to it
3: yeah that's i will totally agree with liam on that point i'm, I'm glad that you brought the points up that you did because i think i'm very excited to see the next part i i will say that I'm, I'm not really excited for any new Marvel movies. I'm not really excited for any, like, DC movies. I feel like those are the easy ones to, to hop on the train of. And Star Wars, they definitely murdered that instantaneously. For me, at least. When it's not the TV shows. And, and I feel like Dune is, is that movie that I am I am very much so anticipating. I'm like, I want to see this again. I want to discuss it. I want to review some of these shots. Because they're so beautiful. Like, I want to learn more about the lore without reading the books like I, I really <laughs> I'm really interested in this world and I think they did a really good job of captivating me and getting my attention and wanting me to be excited for the next movie
2: I, I think I definitely agree with you Liam I like the fact that the pacing did change in spots I really like the fact that uh, Denny does not mess around with standard story beats. If you've watched uh, Sicario, if you've watched Blade Runner 2049, it is not the type of thing where you're going in there knowing what to expect ahead of time, and he takes his time to tell a story or to establish something or to build small amounts of tension when you may not expect it. And I will think a lot of times that may come across as being slow, but to me I felt like the Speed was not a bad thing. I feel like if it was quote-unquote slow in a moment, there was probably a reason it was that way. It was shifting focus. So I definitely agree with the pacing. It was was rather unique and pretty fun. It's going to be interesting seeing this in context because it is a two-parter, and if you do a Lord of the Rings-style back-to-back watching, uh, you know, five-hour sitting, what you will think of the pacing and what he does with certain story beats going on here Yeah,
3: that's a good point
2: yeah
0: liam said something to me when we uh, after we had watched it and he said how it kind of felt like it could have been like that that movie was like episode one sorry season one and liam you can talk more about this about how you could have had the different sort of acts within that story as different episodes in the first season do you want to elaborate on that more since you said it more eloquently than i did
4: i think I, just like what I said earlier, I think that the each of the because like when you're watching, like when you watch most TV shows, right, I don't know, just if you're watching a TV show in general, I'm not going to try and bring examples. You know, each episode usually has different pacing and a different focus on what they're doing, unless it's like unless it's different. But like a lot of times it, it, that happens and it, it's just the episode. They want to make it work best for the story. And so the episode is definitely going to be different to other episodes. And I think that this movie kind of like pieced together three different episodes into one. I think it really, and it did a good job. I think it it really pieced them together well because the acts, when you're watching it, you don't notice the acts changing. At least I didn't. But when I look back at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so distinctive. Like, I, I don't know. I think they did it really well and it's so unique. And the simplicity of the plot, but yet making the story and I guess just like the characters so big and so there's so there's a lot to uh, explore and look at and think about. I think that also really helps on the world building because you don't need some complex plot if you have a complex world or a complex characters. That's just adding to it something that you don't need. You want to focus on something else. Having a simple plot, I think, really helped the movie instead of doing something crazy and bombastic
2: no i think it has a simple plot with a incredibly complex world and characters yeah yeah that's the key because the the world if you blink you will miss a lot of stuff some of the characters you may feel like well that's not really necessary but they may pay off later they may not you know it's it's you never go into it knowing exactly what to expect from any individual character, and you can enjoy the reasons why they do whatever they individually do. So, for instance, the the doctor, you know, he had his reasons for doing what he did in the second act, and it was fairly clearly explained, and it was kind of out of the blue, but it did not feel like a bait and switch for a individual character, even though that character was not on screen that much. So
0: I will say in the books, I can't remember if it was the doctor was the one that betrayed them or if it was somebody else, but the person who like betrayed, he had like mystic powers of his own and he actually like brainwashed the Duke to go and bite down on the tooth. So I liked what they did with the movie where it was like, hey, I'm giving... Not that he's giving him a choice, but he's like, hey, I betrayed you, but here's a way to get back at the Baron. I, I liked that aspect way better than just like, I'm going to brainwash you to, to, as like, you're now my, my minion, go do what I'm telling you. Because it felt, I don't know, it felt like they really made a better character of the Duke. Like in the book, he was... I don't want to say a douchebag, but he was definitely a little more dickish. And I actually really the really enjoyed the way that they portrayed him in this. And Tommy, you even you even told me this. You liked uh, I can't remember the full quote, so you have to tell me it, but the quote when he was talking to Paul about how uh how what was it, Tommy, you you, it's you like, know. Uh
3: he was basically discussing like him taking up being the heir of House Atreides, and then he said, Then you'll only be the only you'll only be the You'll be the you'll only be the- thing I'll I'll ever need you to be which is my son. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's something you'll you'll never see in, in a person in power, especially in these like these books, like people in power in stories, I feel like are usually dicks or they're not necessarily dicks but they're super stern, but I felt like uh Oscar Isaac's character was ex- like loving and super caring of everyone around him whilst also being stern. And it was cool to see that in a character. It made me sympathize with him and actually feel for his death a little bit more than I would have. Uh,
2: yeah. It, it actually goes right along with his character too, because he basically chose Jessica as his wife and says it in the film. I should have married you. And she betrayed the Bene Gesserit by having a son because he wanted one so when he was saying all I ever needs you to be was my son he just loved him because it was something that he wasn't supposed to have and so he didn't need him to be one way or the other he didn't need him to be you know the next duke but he i guess knew that there was better things out yeah. there for him you know that paul is going to be okay and he'll he'll probably take the ring or not take the ring and you know be fine. Yeah.
0: Something from the book, again, that I actually really liked is, so Jessica, she, he, uh, so the Duke is actually, like, proposed to Jessica. He was like, will you marry me? And she's like, no. And the whole reason why is not because she doesn't want to marry him, because he really wants to marry. He, like, is absolutely in love with her. But she decided that it would be better to, for him to not be married so that if he does need to make a political alliance and marry somebody, that option is open. So he actually gained a lot more um, respect throughout the different families or different uh, factions or whatever it may be because there was the promise of maybe intertwining his you know, his line with somebody else. Yes. Um, and I actually really like that about her character is that it, it wasn't just like he was like, oh, I should have married you. It was like She was like, no, 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 I understand the situation. Like, I love you. And he was never going to marry anybody else. But she wanted to make sure that his alliances were sturdy and that if that needed to happen, then he had the opportunity.
1: She loved him so much that she was willing to not marry him if it made him stronger. And he loved her so much that he realized he should have married her to hell with alliances.
0: Yeah, although in the book, I don't think uh, I don't think he was like that. He was like, "Yes, I should absolutely not marry you." (laughs) Yeah, so that's why I liked his character in the movie a lot better.
2: Missy, I'm I'm interested as a newcomer to Dune in general, and as a a lover of sci-fi and some you know space fantasy stuff. What was your impression of it? Because it is a very different type of of film.
1: Yeah, so I I knew nothing about Dune going into this except desert and spice (laughs) i'd been told to watch this years ago but it just there was something about it i was just like "Mm, it seems really over the top so i was hoping this would be (laughs) not so over over the the top top, a little more (laughs) a little more modern in it's the way it was executed which it definitely was it didn't seem campy or anything to me for such a serious sci-fi making it super campy would not have worked for me. So I'm glad they didn't do that. They had a much cleaner direction. I desperately wanted to get into this. I really, really did. And I think going, if I go back, which I definitely will, and watch it again, it might help. But there was just, there was something about it where I was, I struggled to really be drawn into it. I wanted to be drawn into it, but it just didn't quite bring me there visually it wasn't stunning but it was very striking very striking film they did such a great job with the lighting such a great job with making very impressionable scenes without making them impressionable if that makes sense Mm -hmm.
2: without drawing attention to how good they are
1: exactly they were just
3: good to add to you real quick yeah I, the, his sense of scale i think yeah denny's sense of scale is amazing in this movie really good mm-hmm. he gives you here's here's the main thing that you should be looking at but then here's something off to the side just so that you know oh my gosh this thing is huge yeah. I, and i
2: yeah. also uh, uh, one of the other things i do like about the way he films and i'll point to a specific part when that giant spaceship is taking off instead of seeing it go into space, you're basically only seeing the boosters of the spaceship and then it just disappears mm-hmm. into the clouds like nothing. Mm-hmm. And that to me is much more impactful visually than it is if you saw a spaceship go all the way up into space and, you know, disappear. You could do a bunch of stuff, but it doesn't draw attention to itself by going into the clouds. It kind of just disappears. Like, all right, it's gone now. I'm sorry, continue, Missy.
1: Yeah, it's okay. So to me... This was not a movie about... It's not about what you think as you're going through the movie. It's about what you feel. The entire thing seemed to be set up around how you feel. Case in point, in a normal story, you have your plot that kind of flows from scene to scene, you know, going like a river, right? While the settings will abruptly change. But in this film, it felt like the settings flowed naturally from one scene to the next. They just were so connected even when they weren't. It just felt so natural. While the plot seemed to abruptly change from one scene to the next, which definitely tie back into how I felt about the film as opposed to what I was thinking or what the film wanted me to think. It didn't care what I thought. It just cared about what I felt. And I... I think that's also really well demonstrated in the fact that they don't really explain a lot. There's a little bit of exposition towards the beginning, but for the most part they just kind of throw you into it and you just kind of have to run with it. So I am interested to see what they do with part 2. Are they going to go into more detail about stuff or is it going to continue to be this experience and you learn about it through how you feel about it. Um, so are you going to watch part 2? Oh, absolutely oh i still desperately want to get into it um (laughs) i want it to draw me in i want it to be captivating but it's the scenery for me that that's captivating all the little details they put into their the little gadgets or the ships the the rooms even just they're not overly decorated but what they do have there is so visually appealing it just It fits. Everything just seems to fit so perfectly together, and I feel like the music built upon the scenery. And then they're like, "Oh crap, we have to do the plot." (laughs) So
2: interesting. I think. I mean, one of the main characters of Dune is Arrakis. Like, it's the planet. Yes,
1: the planet is its own. That's what it's
0: called. Yeah, Arrakis. Thank you. Like the city is the fifth member of Sex and City. Yes. No, okay. I'll oh, stop. I'm sorry. What is that? <laughs> Sex in the City. It's a uh, show that people watch. Never heard of it. Okay.
2: <laughs> Probably didn't have three movies either.
1: <laughs> nope, only one. Um, no, it had three. It had three. Oh, yeah, I thought it was just one. I think. I think three. Maybe just two.
0: Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the plot didn't really captivate me, even though it is right up my alley. But I'm hoping that. When I go back and watch it again, I will get more out of it. I'll experience it in a new way. Like hearing Tommy's information about the way that the music was designed. I'm really looking forward to going back and experiencing that. So, yeah, overall, not a bad movie. Really looking forward to liking it more. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I, I think one of the best
2: parts about it is a slightly weaker ending because if you're somebody like me, I don't like films that end with a final note. I like Mm -hmm. them when they're, especially if I know that there's going to be more uh, sequels to them. I want it to sort of be open-ended and Mm -hmm. that was entirely what part one was here. It was extremely open-ended so that you could go and take the story, obviously based upon the book, but in a Mm -hmm. lot of different directions at once and uh, yeah, I, I think that that is the most intriguing thing to me is to see how they do with the next steps in the story and keep in tradition for what they've currently done.
1: Yeah. And they ended at a perfect moment in the story as well. Mm-hmm. To me, this movie felt like it wasn't made for
0: new watchers, it felt like it was made for people who were fans of Dune. Mm-hmm. And I think that. The, it'd be interesting to talk to somebody who is a fan of Dune to see like what their thought process is because they might be like, it was perfect, everything was amazing, I loved it so much. Whereas like none of us are really fans of Dune, but we all are like, mm. yeah, maybe we'll jump on the ride. <laughs> but to me, it felt like it was made for fans of Dune. It was like, hey, you got a really crappy adaptation let's try to redo that for for all of you fans and lovers of dune well I, so it'll be interesting to see if they can capture more people with the second one
2: denis said that if he wanted to direct one movie this would be it and same mm-hmm. thing with han zimmer he said if he wanted to do a soundtrack for one movie this would be it really? so it is the biggest fans of the source material making the actual thing they've always wanted to do <laughs>
0: the
1: hell, well, there you go i yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: i do feel though that this was not necessarily made for just the fans of it i think it was made for everybody because they left a lot of stuff out hmm. like when you read the book the very first couple pages that lost me is meeting with the emperor and talking about the Benny Gesserit and then talking about the space navigators and the guild. And, you know, you're going, what is going on here? And when you watch the 1980 something movie, it is very poorly expositioned in kind of how these things are happening and what is going on. And it's expositioned through personal feelings and thoughts. But this movie, they just were like, all right, we're not going to really get into the Emperor or the Space Guild or like the navigating or anything like that. We're just going to focus a little bit more on the core characters. And I can see how if they want to tell the full Dune story, they're going to get back into that possibly in the next, you know, in the sequel. They'll start adding some of those elements back. But I think they did that specifically for new audience members.
3: Uh, I think... It was, it's really cool. I've read a lot of interviews and specifically Denis, he apparently ever since he was like in his younger teens, this has been like his favorite book of all time. And him and his friends would come up with like, like essentially ways of like filming this. So to see someone, a long-term fan, get the opportunity to make his dream movie. And in my opinion, make it pretty freaking damn well. It's awesome. Uh so yeah, you, you saying the whole fan thing makes sense, but also you Mike making those points makes a
2: lot of sense. That is not true. I'd ever make sense. One, one of my
0: favorite scenes of this movie was the point where the like head mother was testing Paul. I felt like that was with the box, I, I felt like, because that's basically like the opening sequence or one of the opening sequences in the book. And I felt like that was very well done, and it felt like I was watching what I read. Not saying that the rest of the movie wasn't exactly like the book or whatever, I mean, there's definitely differences, but to me, that one especially just felt very I don't know, I really, really enjoyed that one. That's so
3: it. that was I've done a lot of reading on this. Um, that was one of his, <laughs> uh, that specifically, Denis, he wanted to get that scene absolutely 100% right, and I feel like. Everything in this scene, the visuals, the acting, and the music all come together in this beautiful conglomeration of movie. Because, the, like, specifically, he went to the point of the way she was holding what was, that, that poison was called the gom jabber, right? The way she was holding the gom jabber specifically to, his, like, his neck, he wanted that to be as eloquent and delicate as possible. So that, like, it looked like she had total control and power over him without really, like, sweating over it at all. And then furthermore, during that scene, the camera is basically pointed or it's it's above Paul during that entire sequence. And then when you start hearing that female voice come in is, like, when that ancient kind of female power is waking awakening in Paul. And the camera starts going down and down and down. To show that Paul is now towering over the Bene Gesserit versus mm. her powering over Paul, so it was like a really cool scene, and I feel like that director was the perfect, uh, like he he directed it perfectly. And hearing all of his notes on it makes that scene so much more powerful to me, like the music, the visuals, everything. I love that
0: scene. We got a new obsession. Yeah. I, well, I, I, by we I mean me. I mean Tim Tam. Yeah, I really like. I really like Noon. Well, cool. Is anyone else? Um, any other Any thoughts? Any feelings? Any emotions?
2: I have so many emotions. But every I time hear one those. comes to the surface, I just <laughs> grab a pillow and... You send it back down.
1: <laughs> I would definitely like to see the original now. Just...
2: Oh, the the original after seeing this one, you're going to be like, this is ridiculous, but it might (laughs) be so bad. It's good at this point because of watching this one.
1: I mean, I feel like I've watched a lot of really bad 80s movies
2: from from. All right. I think if if, if we're going to do the one L2N perspective real quick from a storytelling perspective, The way they did the David Lynch Dune movie is not the way to do a story. And I think it should be homework for everybody. If you're thinking about doing something where there is characters narrating how they feel, watch that and then realize, okay, I shouldn't do that. Or at least the the specific implementation of it. I'm I'm assuming that old Dune is... I'm going to tell you, not show you,
3: versus New Doom, which is the exact opposite.
2: Yes, and specifically, all right. if you're thinking about storytelling, real quick, I know know that we're wrapping up, I'm sorry. If you're thinking about storytelling, one thing that you typically want to do is tell an individual scene from an individual perspective. So you can have multiple Mm. perspectives for different scenes, but it gets really confusing if you are bouncing back and forth, from different perspectives within that scene, unless it's been set up ahead of time. Thrillers are really great with this. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock was actually fantastic of this, because he would show the serial killer or somebody who was stalking, and then he would show it from the perspective of the person that had no idea what was about to happen to them, and that would help build tension. In the David Lynch version of Dune, he would have multiple characters within a scene, then give their thoughts and feelings in narration, and then you didn't know which one was the key person of that scene to follow or to try and figure out, and nothing was set up ahead of time. So it was just a really Mm -hmm. awkward way of doing it, and I'm sure somebody out there could do it correctly in the future, maybe.
0: I will say, not only is there that dune but apparently the sci-fi channel also produced a dune as well like later on so the one that you saw mike i heard was more politically inclined it was more about the political aspects of everything whereas the sci-fi one was more about the sci-fi aspects (laughs) of everything and way less about the political aspects of it so i think if you're also going to want to watch a movie you should check out the Mm sci-fi ones as well to get kind of a full perspective on things I've heard this one was a a good blend of both the political and sci-fi aspects. So uh, I haven't seen either of the two, you know, sort of original ones. So I, I can't say either way. But it seemed pretty balanced, I think-ish, maybe. I don't know. But, you know, homework. Homework for everybody. <laughs> homework,
3: all
1: right. Well, I mean... Where can we actually I, find these
2: things? I don't want to do any more homework at this point. Please, no. <laughs> <laughs> you were assigning us. Wait,
1: I
0: was like, assigning yeah, you, you I've assigned already a, it. Yeah, oh, okay. you've got more. It, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I mean. but he's got to see more of it now. And okay, well, on that note, thank you for listening to all of this Dune talk. We literally spent pretty much the whole episode on Dune. Uh, but that's what you're going to get sometimes with us, and you're just going to have to deal with it. Hopefully but thank you we appreciate it seriously though thank you so much for joining us today thank you for taking your time to listen to our shenanigans and we hope you enjoyed we would love to hear about your thoughts what do you do you like dune do you hate it did you see the new movie have you seen the old ones let us know can reach out to us on twitter instagram youtube and reddit we are 1l2n productions and if you like what we're doing here you can head on over to uh, patreon and hopefully support us if you want to see more awesome things All right. And oh, you know what? I didn't even roll.
2: I got a roll. It says all night.
0: And let's see here. Last word of the day goes to. (gasps) Me!
1: Red! Sorry. Continue. Can I get a re-recount? Recount (laughs) on that. No? Okay.
0: (laughs) I am awesome and amazing, and Missy smells terrible all the time. Uh, She is just uh, the worst person known to man i am the greatest and i will forever reign okay bye